I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition of the show, we're going to be discussing the latest regarding Yuri Tielemans. The Yuri Tielemans saga rumbles on. He is still, as it stands, a Leicester City player, but will he end up in the red and white of Arsenal by the end of the transfer window. We're going to be discussing that. We're going to be discussing the latest information provided to us uh, by the world of journalists. And then I, of course, will share my thoughts on the subject, as well as taking yours and your questions from the live chat box. Really, really looking forward to getting into this one. But before we dive right into the big story, if you could please leave a like on the video. If you are watching us on YouTube, it would be very, very much appreciated. And if you are listening to us via the audio platforms, in particular Apple Podcasts, then please, please do leave us a review. It really, really does help. Lots of you in the chat box with me already, which is fantastic. Uh, glad to see so many of you here. So. Let's get into it then. What is the latest on Yuri Tielemans? Well, CBS Sports' is Ben Jacobs was speaking on the football terrace uh, just yesterday. And here is what he had to say. He said that Arsenal are still looking for a creative player in the likes of Paqueta or Yuri Tielemans. He said a couple more incomings might still be possible for the Gunners. And when referring to Tielemans specifically, he said that the player wants Arsenal. And if Arsenal were to make a bid, an official formal bid for the player, a deal could be done relatively quickly. So then you might ask, and I will ask, of course, what is the holdup in this? We all agree that Yuri Tielemans is a really good player. You know, that he's been... Leicester City's probably standout player over the course of the last couple of seasons. I'd say that last season he dropped off a little bit. He wasn't, you know, as good as he normally is. But Leicester City as a team in general struggled as well for the most part. And maybe you would argue that Harvey Barnes was was one of their better players last season or maybe even somebody else. You know, I don't watch Leicester all that closely. But what I would say is Yuri Tielemans is someone that, you know, you would your kind of mind automatically goes to when you talk about Leicester City and you think about the talent that they have within their ranks. And when you're talking about the best talents at that football club, he is right in that elite category. I think he's proven himself to be incredibly effective going forward. He can impact games. He can score goals. He can create goals, etc., etc. Um, Defensively, I'm not going to say he's, you know, uh, a, a brilliant defender. I'm not going to say he's somebody that's going to sit in front of the back four and make strong, tough challenges and prevent people breaking through onto your defence. But he is someone who's shown over the years that he's got plenty of uh, willingness and work rate in him to do those defensive duties as well. And you could probably best describe Yuri Tielemans as a bit of a box-to-box player, which I think is probably what Arsenal could do with in this current side. Um, you know, people talk about what happens if Thomas Partey gets injured. And I, too, agree with that. You know, I think that that is the one player in that midfield when you look at the options available to us now. And if you include Alexander Zinchenko in that, whose move to Arsenal is imminent, you would say that the one thing that we would probably struggle with most is an injury to Thomas Partey because there isn't really anybody like him. But what I would say is that when Thomas Partey came to the club, 
he wasn't really looked at, I don't think, as a solely defensive midfielder. He was seen as somebody who could do that box-to-box role, who could get up and uh, and get forward and break the lines with his passing. It wasn't just about destroying and putting out fires with Thomas Partey. And so, in terms of what Yuri Tielemans has, you'd say that he ticks quite a lot of those boxes. The difference is Thomas Partey, I think, has the discipline and the physicality to play as a lone defensive midfield pivot. But is it actually a defensive midfielder that we're wanting here? That This is where I think we get a little bit confused. What type of midfielder are we looking for exactly, specifically? Because Thomas Partey, if you take him out of that Arsenal team and you just analyse him based on what he is good at and the attributes he has, I wouldn't say he's a defensive midfielder. I'd say he's a box-to-box midfielder who we trust enough to play as that sole guy in front of the defence and basically he's he's mobile enough and he's, he's physical enough and he's capable enough of, you know, covering either side of him and making sure that he can sweep up in that department whilst the other two midfielders then take a step further forward and try and get involved a little bit more in the play and try and get a little bit more involved in attacks and, of course, in the press when we're trying to win the ball back. So let me just, I've kind of talked myself into a bit of a muddle there, but basically the point I'm trying to make is that although Thomas Partey sits in front of the back line and although Thomas Partey often does that role on his own and often holds that particular area of the pitch alone, he does it with the support of the two centre-backs who now squeeze much further up the pitch than they did in previous years. And we can do that because we've got Gabriel, we've got White, we've got Saliba, et cetera, et cetera. He has their support. Also, the fact that whoever plays at right back, normally Tomiyasu, obviously when available and fit, tucks inside. It gives us that extra stability that means we can play with that one player in there. But do they have to be specifically a defensive midfielder is the question. No. You know, Jorginho done that role for many, many years for Chelsea because he had the, the right structure around him. But although you'd say he's someone who plays in a deeper position, He's not a defensive midfielder. He's not renowned for his tough tackling and his physical challenges. He's renowned for being able to get on the ball and dictate play from deep areas. And I think that's where we have to be careful in kind of maybe misunderstanding what the need is here and what the want is here. The point I'm trying to make, and I might get there eventually, I know I've been going around the houses, but the point I'm trying to make is that I think Mikel Arteta wants someone who can be the guy that, operates like a quarterback more than he is worried about someone who is tough tackling, strong, physical. If they've got both, brilliant, great, you know. But I think that Mikel Arteta in his own mind will think that El Nenny could do that, could do the defensive part of it, maybe not the ball progression part of it. I think he'll think that Xhaka could do some of that role if needed to, could tick a lot of the boxes, maybe not quite all of them. I think he'll be looking for someone who, as I say, primarily is technically very, very good and very sound, can receive the ball in pressure situations and can help us build up more than he's looking for what you or I would describe as a traditional defensive midfielder. And I think, you know, we sit here and we go, oh my God, what happens if Thomas Partey gets injured? But I think in Mikel Arteta's mind, the replacement for somebody like Thomas Partey is very different to what we perceive to be the replacement, if that makes sense. And that's right or wrong, you know, it might be wrong. You know, it could be that 
Mikel Arteta, you know, is, is taking a massive risk by potentially looking at someone who isn't as mobile as Thomas Partey, who isn't, you know, when he's fit, of course, who isn't as dominating as him physically and thinking that they can do that role. Only time will tell if that proves to be the case. But the point I'm trying to make here is that Tielemans would be coming in as part of a midfield, but not as a replacement for Thomas Partey when he's injured. Tielemans, for me, would be more of a number eight. Zinchenko might be someone that Mikel Arteta looks at as being able to play that deepest role in midfield because of the fact that technically he's very good. He's got experience, obviously, as playing as a defender. Um, that helps in terms of positioning, in terms of reading and understanding the game. Perhaps Mikel Arteta views Zinchenko as that man. It's all so unclear. It really, really is. But what is crystal clear to me, regardless of what role it is that Yuri Tielemans is seen as, what is crystal clear to me is that he's a top, top player who's available for a very, very reasonable price this summer. And I cannot for the life of me understand why up until this point, Arsenal have not gone out and made a formal bid for the player. We understand that Leicester want in excess of £30 million for the player. Now, I'd imagine and I'd expect that as the window goes on and the reality of Yuri Tielemans running down his contract becomes you know, even clearer, Leicester City may well be more open to accepting slightly less. But according to Ben Jacobs, and again, you know, I'm I'm not saying that this is absolutely categorically 100% true, but according to Ben Jacobs, Arsenal think he's worth in around about the region of the mid-20s in terms of millions, whereas Leicester see 30 million plus. And, and there's just a bit of a disconnect there between, you know, the, the two parties. Uh, in that sense. So we're going to have to wait and see. But I think Arsenal maybe know that Yuri Tielemans is keen on the move, maybe know that personal terms won't be an issue. And I've maybe said to Yuri Tielemans, look, we want to get you in. You know, we we can, this is what we'll pay for you. You need to start pushing from your side. You need to start making noises. And according to Ben Jacobs, Yuri Tielemans plans to tell Brendan Rodgers, in fact, this week that he wants a move out of the club this summer, which is really, really interesting. So Arsenal may well be playing the long game here, may well be sitting here thinking, look, we want to do this deal, but this is this was never our number one priority. Hence why we've gone out and signed Gabriel Jesus, Fabio Vieira, um, Alexander Zinchenko, Marquinhos, uh, Matt Turner, William Saliba's returned, etc., etc. I think Arsenal look at this as one that is very much, hey, if we can do it, we'll do it and great. But if we can't, we're not really going to lose any sleep over it. Whereas it seems like Yuri Tielemans is quite desperate for this to happen. And so, as I say, he's got to start making noises from his side. He and his camp have to make it clear to Leicester City that they want out this summer. It's the only way that Leicester would potentially soften their stance at this point in the window. Otherwise, Arsenal sit back and play the long game and, and see what happens. You know, But to me, as a fan looking on, it's a no-brainer. But we all know that the problem at Arsenal right now and the problem that could potentially hold us up from making, uh, you know, more signings between now and the end of the window is the size of the squad at this moment in time. You know, Mikel Arteta spoke about it. We talked in our review of the Orlando City friendly about some of the comments he made post-match. You know, the fact that we do need to start moving on some of the players that aren't going to be used regularly, the players that aren't really a part of the immediate plans, and, and we've got to do that. And, you know, I'm surprised that Arsenal have done as much business as they have up until this point without moving anybody out, really. Um, 
so I'm not surprised then to hear that at this point we probably need to just take a pause start working on outgoings and facilitating some of those deals. And then we can turn our attention back to adding to the squad and adding depth. And Yuri Tielemans would add depth. He'd add quality. He'd add experience. He'd add everything that I think we're looking for in an additional midfielder. Um, so I'm I'm really, really keen for us to go out and do it. Um, Matt says, Harry, why don't we just bid 25 million for him? Now then um, we put the bid in and he forces the move. I think Arsenal know that at any point they can make that bid and they can get that thing move they can get that deal moving i think as i said they didn't necessarily see him as a priority they saw him as a player that they'd like to sign a player that they have an interest in but you know whether they're going to you know i i guess they wanted to wrap up other things first but i agree with you if it is as simple as going and putting 25 million pounds on the table then go and do it you know i can't understand why they haven't i don't think for me that um that the transfer fee is what's necessarily going to be the problem here. I think one of the things Arsenal have had to really kind of work on over the last few years is getting the wage bill into a much more manageable place. And that means if you want to have the best players and high quality players, whom obviously will demand big money, you need to have a smaller squad. And at times we've been critical of Arsenal's squad maybe being too small and Arsenal leaving it, um, you know, dangerously small in key moments of the season. But we've kind of now, having gone out and done a few deals, overinflated it again. And so the nat to keep the natural balance and, and to restore the equilibrium, if you like, of the whole thing, we need to now move people on. And I wonder if um, that is, is something that's being driven by upstairs. You know, obviously they've backed Mikel Arteta. They've supported him. They've shown him uh, that they will help him out where possible and they will facilitate the signings of players that he wants where possible. But there will come a point where there will be pushback from upstairs, understandably, because they have to look out for the club's finances. They have to make sure that we're operating in the way that fits within their business model, et cetera, et cetera. So let's see, um, you know, let's see how it goes. But to kind of summarise, Ben Jacobs believes that Yuri Tiedemann still really wants the move, that Arsenal have not walked away completely from this, that it is a deal that is possible still between now and the end of the window. But at this moment in time, Arsenal have not made a bid. And Leicester, obviously on a bit of a charm offensive with Yuri Tielemans, named him captain in um, in their game uh, yesterday. I think it was a pre-season friendly. So yeah, you know, let's, um, let's see if they can persuade him. But it's one of those where it's it's like a stalemate, 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 stalemate. And it only takes another club to make a bid for Yuri Tielemans to potentially kick Arsenal into action. And then you'll know if Arsenal really want him or not. Because if that happens and Arsenal um, feel that, you know, he is someone that they really want, then they'll be forced to act within that window of time. But at the moment, they're quite happy knowing, I guess, that there isn't an awful lot of interest from elsewhere. Anyway, concrete interest, at least that they can let this rumble on. They can focus or they could focus on getting in other priority targets. They can now focus on moving people out. And then I guess they can go uh, back to this at a later date. Look, I'll be shocked if we don't hear anything further on this between now and the end of the window. And I'll be really surprised because some of the sources that have kind of brought up this interest have been unnormally, I should say, very, very reliable and very, very strong. Obviously, you never know. And I always say about journalists, you know, you're only as good as the information that's provided to you. 
But I'll be shocked if we don't hear anything more concrete on Yuri Tielemans one way or the other, whether it's, yes, Arsenal are going to make a move formally for Yuri Tielemans or no, Arsenal have completely called uh, their interest on the player and, and will no longer be going in. But either way, there will be some clarity, uh, you know, at some point in this window. I, I don't think it's going to be one of those where we're going to be waiting till the end of the window until deadline day going, will we, will we not, will we, will we not? I think there will be some clarity sooner rather than later on this. Um, and, and hopefully that clarity comes in the form of Arsenal making a formal offer and going out and bringing in Yuri Tielemans because I still feel like we need another midfielder. Again, we, we, we don't want to get bogged down by the profile of the midfielder necessarily because I think that, as I say, maybe the way that me or you view those profiles is slightly different to Mikel Arteta and his staff. But you look at the drop-off in that team. You look at the difference when we're playing with Lokonga, Maitland-Niles and Elneny, for example, in comparison to Xhaka, Partey and Odegaard. And for me, if we're talking about adding strength and depth, if we're talking about being well-equipped to handle the, the demands of European football and Premier League football and all the domestic cups and deal with the fact that the World Club is slap-bang in the middle of our season, we need greater depth. We need depth of a higher quality in that particular area. We've got depth, depth in terms of numbers. We've got depth in terms of personnel. But we just don't have enough depth in terms of quality in that area. And that's a real, real problem. So, you know, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Uh, but I just wanted to bring you guys a quick update um, on uh, on what we believe to be the case regarding Yuri Tielemans. Um, the fact that I've been thinking about this over the last 24 hours, and I don't really think that what we define as the right profiles necessarily are completely in line with Mikel Arteta. And again, rightly or wrongly, I'm just, I'm just trying to kind of think outside the box as to maybe why this hasn't happened, as to maybe why when we're all panicking about what happens with an injury to Thomas Partey, Arsenal don't seem to be. You know, they would say that the moves they've made are, are partly to facilitate that possibility. And on the surface, the likes of Zinchenko, Fabio Vieira, they don't really fit in terms of what, what Partey does. But particularly in the case of Zinchenko, and maybe in the case of Elneny and Jacko who are already with us, Mikel and Arsenal feel that they've got ample cover in that position. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just trying to think outside the box as to why this isn't really moving at this moment in time. But it's understood the player still wants it. But Arsenal have not walked away. And I guess we're going to find out sooner rather than later if this really is a goer. But yeah, that's the latest on Yuri Tiedemans. Let me know your thoughts in the comments section below. As I've said, from my perspective, this is an absolute no-brainer and one that I'd love to see Arsenal go out and do. I've got big concerns about the lack of quality depth in the midfield as opposed to the numbers. Quality over quantity for me when you're building a team all day, every day. So, uh, yeah, we shall see. Don't forget to leave a like on the video. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you are new. This is just a short edition of the show, but we'll be back very, very soon. In fact, tomorrow with some more Arsenal-related content. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Cheers. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.